Another week, another brand new arena review coming at you guys. This time it is Schneider Arena in Providence, Rhode Island. We got all the details for you coming up. Let's go. Everybody and welcome to episode 46 of High Character. We have yet another arena review coming for you guys. This time it is Schneider Arena, home of the Providence College Friars. My name is Cameron. I am joined by my good pal Evan. Evan, how you feeling, man? Feeling good. We're on what is it? You said 46 now? The David yeah. Krejci episode, if you will. That's pretty nuts. I'm definitely excited for this one. I mean. We, we certainly had our opinions about Lawler last week when we did this. So I think, you know, we, we got a little bit of feedback on the episode. People were thinking we were pretty damn harsh on them, to be fair. So I think this might be a bit of a redemption arc for us. Maybe we can maybe, you know, get, give a bit more, I guess, what other people would call accurate scores, I guess, you know, a little, little less harsh. So I'm ready to get into it. Yeah. And we shall see. Uh, I'm not going to give too much away right now, but it, um, taking everything into account, I thought it was a pretty sim similar arena to Lawler. Definitely a step up, but similar in a lot of ways for me. I don't know if you felt the same. I would definitely call it a step up. I'm not sure how similar, at least for me. Like, I think I think the only big similarity would just be the overall capacity. But I feel like when you look at Schneider, it is an improved kind of like just it's, it's improved in the terms of like it being a bit more modern. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, like, in the corners, I mean, again, don't want to get too into Schneider, but, like, there was definitely, like, some, some of the infrastructure there was a bit older. You know, like, they had, I think, on the corners of the arena, they had, like, these little, like, really old-school-looking video boards that, like, you know, those are okay. Those are completely fine, but, like, I still think it gave off more of an actual arena rather than a rink. Like, you call Lawler Lawler rink when you call this Schneider arena. Like, it definitely has more of an arena vibe to it, which I which I can appreciate. Yeah, I, I think I definitely agree with you. Um, let's jump into a little bit of history, and then we'll go right into our rankings. So Schneider Arena opened in 1973. It was named after Reverend Herman D. Schneider. He was the founder of Providence College Hockey. Um, back in 1999, they replaced the scoreboard for the, the pretty nice, uh, more modern-looking scoreboard we see today. And in 2006... They replaced all the seats. The seats in the arena originally used to be a red and yellow checkerboard pattern, which I, when I read that, I was very confused about that. That must have looked awful back in the day. Um, and then one, one more note on the place. Uh, they never use it for basketball just because of how low the ceiling is. That's really interesting. That actually makes a lot of sense now that you think about it. I mean, this is going to be our second low ceiling uh, review in a row because consider <laughs> we mentioned that exact same thing about Lawler last week, but, um, yeah, no, red and yellow on the on the seats. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking with that. I mean, I'm assuming somebody, maybe it was the college hockey hoodlum. He could probably chime in on this because he was very interested to hear what, what we had to say on this episode. He was pretty cool with the with the PC stuff uh, over the weekend, just giving Providence College updates for hockey. He was a pretty cool guy. He was giving us a couple of shout outs on Twitter. But um, yeah, I have no idea what they were thinking with the red and yellow on the seats. Like, is, I don't know if it's like an old colors of the university type thing, because every time I've ever heard of Providence College, it's always been that kind of black and gray, like 
LA Kings sort of vibe with the color scheme, but I definitely cannot think of not even just in terms of Providence, but just a single university that uses yellow and red as a part of their color scheme, like as their main two colors. Like, I don't know if you can think of any at the top of your head, but I certainly can't. So definitely a weird, a weird vibe to, to think of, but just considering that it doesn't really align with the university whatsoever, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it sounds very retro so trying to think about that uh, red and yellow checkered pattern kind of reminds me of the old seats at the TD Garden, the uh, yellow and black checkered yeah. kind of feel. And right now, obviously, it's um, gray and black seats in there. And it doesn't really fit in any category. So I guess I'll talk about it now. It, those colors and having no other colors like popping throughout the arena um, especially with the white ceiling, it gives a very like sterile vibe, especially when you walk in there before any fans are in there. It just seems very sterile and in plain. I don't know if you share the same sentiment, but it's just, I'm not sure. It's not, it's not exciting to walk into bef- like when the seats are empty, I guess. And it also smells a lot like chlorine in that building, which I guess kind of adds to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think we talked about it like during the game at one point, like, I don't know if anybody can throw it back to like middle school or high school. It's probably middle school. It might even be elementary school at this point, but you had to read that book called the giver. And for anybody that hasn't read it, it's basically like you you're, you're following like the story of like a, like a young child that is like colorblind and he's like learning to like see color again for the first time through like some random, like, I don't know, mentor that is out from the woods or something. It's a crazy book. But point is, is that's literally how I felt when I walked in there. I was like, where did all the color go? Like, it just felt really odd to me. Like, it seems like in most hockey arenas, you know, you're like, I understand for the terms of Providence College, like those are your colors. You know what I mean? Like, granted, it's, it's a lack of color at the end of the day, but that if that's the color that you want to rock with, by all means, you know, I get that. And they did a good job with the Providence College branding. You know what I mean? Like everything was pretty consistent, which at some points for UMass, I can't say the same when it comes to UMass coloring. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. kind of have us beaten that in that in that category. Granted, white, gray, and black are not the hardest colors to get wrong. You know what I mean? Like it it seems like you can get that pretty consistent across the board. But yeah, definitely a sterile vibe. I can certainly agree with you there. I mean, it just nothing really popped. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure if that's kind of intentional, but definitely a a weird experience for I guess if you're kind of new to the college as a whole and you're stepping into that's definitely something you kind of have to get used to yeah one thing that did pop with all those colors was every UMass fan in the crowd and the the players on the ice and the maroon jerseys they really did pop which was one thing that I actually did like a lot like the away team comes in and you can definitely like pick them out from the crowd easiest which it just stands out and I thought that was pretty cool touch Definitely. All right. So uh, let's break it down into our five categories. Uh, The first one is atmosphere slash fans. That's out of 10 neighborhood slash access. That's out of 10 concessions is out of 10 and then bang for your buck out of five and extras out of five for a total score of 40. So the first one that we'll talk about is atmosphere slash fans. And uh, I'm looking back through the, this is our seventh arena review now. Um, and I have Schneider Arena as the second best that we've been to so far. I thought they were really solid, um, a little bit late arriving crowd, but that's pretty expected being on a Friday night. Obviously, um, the crowd was into it. The seven, seven goals for Providence definitely helped, but their student section was pretty loud. Their 
their fan base is loud. I don't have too much complaints about their fans for sure. Yeah, I mean, they kind of had every reason to get loud when your team scores seven goals in that game. You know, it, it makes sense. Um, they definitely were were rowdy because, like I said, they had every reason to be. You know, there there really is no reason to be completely silent. You know, as a, especially when, again, like we said, it's not the largest arena to begin with, so it's pretty easy to pack it out. You know, and once you get a full arena, you're just bound to make noise. You know, by default. Um, you kind of make a really good point about the amount of students that showed up. They had, I mean, granted their their student section, I think by default was pretty small, um, but just like with the, I guess, allotted kind of sectioned off seating that was meant for just them. Um, they don't really have a big section in that way, but they definitely had a lot more students show up than they could fit, which I guess we'll talk about a little bit later, kind of posed a couple of issues and made it a bit, at least for me, it kind of made my life a bit of a living hell trying to watch the game. But like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, no, their their fans overall were a pretty passionate bunch. You know, they were loud, they were proud, as they should be. Yeah, and uh, because of this, I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10, and Evan ended up giving it a uh, 7.5 out of 10. And, yeah, like we mentioned, it's really not much to complain about. Um, one thing that I noted, just kind of looking around and seeing everybody, it seemed like a bit more of a casual vibe than what I prefer for college hockey. Not as not as rowdy, more of like that um, kind of casual, like just got from work kind of vibe. Not as into it, but still, um, they knew when to get loud, and they uh, and they certainly did with those seven goals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess the one last thing I'd like to note about the fans is they had a lot of pretty solid looking Providence merch that I saw, just like people wearing like a lot of jerseys, things like that. It just seems like they have a really kind of solid branding overall, like. Their logo by default is pretty sick. Like me and you were talking about that before the game, like and a literal fryer with a hockey stick is kind of badass. I'm going to be honest. Like that's a pretty neat logo, but, and you know, they, they slap it on basically anything that they can and people eat it up. You know what I mean? Everybody I saw at least, you know, basically every single person that was walking in that arena was wearing some form of Providence gear, which is really reassuring to see if you're a Providence fan, you know, like you always want to let that kind of branding and energy kind of permeate through. Yeah, one big kind of basing off that one thing I wanted to note, um, and this isn't isn't an exaggeration from me. About eighty percent of the male students that were at that game, uh, the Providence students had uh, a Friars T-shirt on, but a flannel over it. Like eighty yeah. percent of the guys had flannels on, which I thought uh, was really funny. It's just looking around that was fun. definitely all right. So. The next category we are going to talk about is neighborhood slash access. Um, and I think this is the main section that really hurts this arena. If you've ever driven into Providence College, it is a gated private campus that uh, is not in the best neighborhood. There's some um, certain places and neighborhoods around it that um, don't exactly make it uh, a great place to drive into for a game. It's definitely not in downtown Providence, which... I think would help if it was there, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you touch upon that a little bit. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like the whole vibe is just completely off. Like, I don't know if they're trying to go for some weird, like Holy savior type of complex where like they have this dilapidated freaking neighborhood all around it. And there's this shining beacon of hope that's supposed to be Providence college. Like I have no idea what's going on, but there's like liquor stores and strip clubs around everywhere. And then there's this, beautifully mowed lawn in this beautiful gated community and 
you just you, I, it's weird man like i don't know like just the overall neighborhood like there's a lot of just like weird hilly areas you have to try and like go up and down and around and everywhere just to try and get to campus like and then once you're on the campus itself like it's again really nice but it sticks out like a sore thumb like there's there's definitely campuses that can be more integrated into the community like you see the likes of like bu and like you know even bc to that matter you know like it's a pretty you know as much as i hate bc and i don't want to bring them into this totally but like it's a pretty nice campus you know what i mean and they kind of have this air of class about them the snobbiness and it's pretty reflected in the neighborhood that they've stuck themselves into you know what i mean every every place around there is just the definition of a rich gated community but then providence comes around and they're like we're gonna just plop ourselves in here and just see what happens you know like it's a super weird area like the access wasn't the worst i think we took i don't, I don't even remember off the top of my head was it like route 84 or something like that to get there that sounds about right so it was a pretty easy just highway drive down um there's a little bit of traffic i think at, at a little bit of points but it's not really a huge detriment to the score there but overall it was just a super weird experience trying to get there and just it doesn't really fit in that well you know what i mean that that's kind of my main takeaway from it yeah, it's not a place that you really want to hang around after the game. Um, there's been a couple places we've talked about um, in past arena reviews, and there will definitely be some in the future that are places that you definitely do want to hang out after the game. But this is not one of them. I think the one of the place one of the places in this that kind of saved its score was um, once you drive there, you could park for free, which obviously we liked yeah. a lot, and it was pretty easy to get out. Um, I expected it to be harder to get out with traffic just because of um, the few narrow streets that kind of go around the campus, but it was pretty easy. Um, and based on everything we just mentioned, out of 10, I gave it a 2.5 and Evan gave it a three for neighborhood slash access. Yeah, it was, it was just weird, you know? I don't know. Like, there, there definitely could be things that could be improved upon about it. Like, I think it's like, it was again i feel like we can draw a lot of comparisons to lawler and merrimack just like with the overall kind of like vibe of the two arenas you know they're both just like really small and in pretty decent looking campuses but it just seems like schneider i want to get out of there as soon as possible whereas like merrimack is like yeah i really don't want to leave all that quickly but there's nothing to do you know what i mean it's like i don't know it's kind of just a mindset change between the two but it's definitely weird to me one thing that I also wanted to note too, um, I guess it fits in this category. They had a, a cool little pavilion with a bar right outside of the main door. That was cool. That that you could hang out before the game, play uh, play some cornhole and get some drinks and there's TVs in there. So that definitely helped. But other than that, not, not too much going on there. Yeah. All right. So our third category is concessions. And this will also be out of 10. And um, if, you've, if you've ever been to Schneider Arena, you'll, you'll know there's only one kind of hallway for the um, the concourse. It's very similar to Lawler in that way. And there are two concession stands as well as a little like school store pop-up thing there. The concessions, they don't offer too much, but if you just listen to our Lawler uh, arena review, there's a few more options than that. So, um, but overall, I thought the prices were pretty cheap and the food tasted good from what we had. Yeah, I mean, I had a slice of pizza. It was like some weird, like kind of like bakery Sicilian style type slice. Um, it was like three bucks, three and a half bucks. I don't remember, but yeah, it was decent pizza. Like it kind of reminds me of that. It's like a TikTok where the guy goes like, "Where's the cheese? What's going on?" And I'm 
the cheese is under the sauce. Like that, that's what it was. Like there were, you couldn't, it literally just looked like a massive thing of tomato sauce on top of a slab of bread, but it, it was hitting, it was good. You know what I mean? And I think I got a, I think a beer there was six or seven bucks and it was like a pretty tall, I think it was like a 16 ounce, like a fairly decent, you know, size can of beer. So you get, you get yourself a, a piece of pizza and some beer for 10 bucks. Ultimately, that's not a bad deal. You know what I mean? Like that you, you're saving two bucks on what would just be a can of beer at Mullins. Like when you put it into terms like that, that's a pretty solid deal when it comes to the concessions. And yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I think you got some chicken tenders, which seem pretty solid as well. Yeah, I did. The You mentioned the the prices. They are pretty cheap compared to other arenas that we've been to. The alcohol, for sure. The um, the beers were $7. Glasses of wine were $6. And then just other stuff like coffee is only 2 bucks. The um, candy uh, is only 3 bucks. Hot dogs, $4. You can get a cookie for $2. Um, the chicken tenders I had was a, a good-sized portion. Got five big tendies for seven bucks. All the all the sauces you could pick from and stuff. So pretty solid. I think the only thing that hurts it is, uh, like I said, there's only two stands. So during intermissions, these can get pretty crowded, mm-hmm. and there's not much of a variety of a variety like some of the other arenas that we've been to, especially the the AHL ones in the group. So um, based on all this, I ended up giving it a four point five, and Evan ended up giving it a five. Those are both out of ten. And my take was it was a, a nice step up from Lawler Arena um, with a similar amount of options, just a little bit better quality, better prices. So that's why I gave it a little bit higher score there. Leave it to a ultra-religious institution to have probably some of the best beer prices. Really is weird to me, but I'll take it. You know what I mean? There's really no complaints there. Um, I just thought it was a little interesting that Usually there's kind of a negative correlation between those two, but in this case, they just threw that all out the window and they said, Hey, let them have a good time. So I thought it was really cool. Um, I hope that people don't get discouraged by us making a lot of, you know, allusions to kind of Lawler in this, because I don't think like they're all that, that similar, but I think it's probably just like the most recent thing we can kind of compare it to just for kind of everybody listening. But yeah, I think we're, there's just, the only big similarities are are just kind of the size of the two. But I think in this case, I feel like the size kind of works out a bit better. Like there's there's a conscious effort to have a, you know, like a small, intimate, but still slightly refined atmosphere. You know what I mean? And I think that was kind of reflected in the concessions as well. You know, like fairly limited selection, but what they had was pretty damn good at the end of the day and reasonably priced. So I'll take it. Yeah, I just like to compare the two just size for one like you mentioned and um the layout to me is pretty similar with the one concourse Mm -hmm. you got the food and everything's there and then you have to walk into the actual rink to to go around and find your seat so i thought they were similar in that way but uh i said in the beginning schneider's definitely a a step up for sure so uh the fourth category that we have is bang for your buck this is out of five points and it's basically are you getting your money's worth when you go here um when I checked early in the week before this game, tickets were $30 everywhere. And I used the same link and checked the day before the game and they were all $20, which uh, ended up being $22.50 after fees. So I'm not sure what's going on with that, but we paid $22.50 for our tickets. And I think that's a pretty solid deal. You get to see uh, a really good brand of hockey, a hockey team that's been very good for all of my time as a college hockey fan, basically, they've been 
um, between 10th and 20th in the national ranking. So see a good brand of hockey, a good atmosphere. So um, pretty, pretty solid all around bank for your buck compared to other places. Yeah, it was a really solid deal. Um, yeah, definitely an interesting kind of difference between the two prices from you, you would figure that the prices might get a tad more expensive due to like scarcity of the tickets, but it seems like they kind of went the other way with that, which is interesting, but yeah, I mean, like you said, 22, you said it was what, 2250 after yeah. everything, like not, that's pretty standard, you know, for the most part. And I mean, tying it into, I guess the concession prices too. I mean, again, everything's relatively cheap, you know what I mean? Like that's just an overall good deal. You know what I mean? So I think the bang for your buck category, you really, I think it can definitely be beat because we've definitely had cheaper prices at other arenas, but this is pretty, pretty darn average when, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. So I have no complaints, but I'm not singing massive praises about it either. Yeah, me as well. I, I think it's pretty average price for a college hockey game. I think you get a little bit above average experience with it, yeah. which is why I gave it a 3.5 out of five and Evan ended up giving it a three out of five for bang for your buck. All right, so our fifth and final category is extras. This is just anything you could think of extra uh, having to do with the arena that you want to use to bump up the score of it, I guess. One thing that I really enjoyed walking in, in the concourse, they have a pretty big setup for um, Providence alumni that are in the NHL currently as a big mural of all of them. I'd love to see UMass do something similar at Mullen Center. I think that'd be a really nice touch. And they have their their national championship trophy from 2015 on full display. They have it in a display case right in front of the main like walkway to the seats. Um, another thing that I really wish Mullins would do is let the fans actually see what that see that and uh, what they rooted for all year in 2021. But uh, yeah, I thought those were some really nice touches. I don't know if you have any more you wanted to touch upon. Um, those two are definitely the the big positives for me. I mean, you basically said it all. I think the trophy out there is awesome to see. Um, just you know again like knowing that you're rooting for that the entire time and then finally being able to see it like obviously you can't touch it you didn't earn it you know as a fan you don't deserve to touch it you know it's just kind of the way it goes but you know just being able to look at it and kind of just appreciate you know like what the team went through to kind of see it especially if you're like a really like long time fan I think that's super cool and yeah I would love to see a big like mural type thing of you know especially because we're getting a lot more NHL bound alumni from our program into the NHL. I think that's super cool. I think it'd be nice to see like a little bit of like a timeline just to kind of all of them just kind of, you know, from the years, I think that'd be mm-hmm. really cool. But I think the thing, I don't know if we're going to move on to the negatives just yet, but I guess my big negative is just the sight lines in the arena were horrendous, at least from where we were sitting. Um, I guess for the people that have never been there before, there's kind of like two sections, I guess there's like a lower and upper section. Um, the lower section, I feel like if you're in there, you're basically fine because there's really no obstructions in the way, I guess you just kind of have to not get into the area where like the glass, like the top of the glass is kind of a big factor into your site. But, um, if you're, I guess if you're lower in the lower bowl, you're pretty much fine. Um, but I guess the main issue is that in between the lower and the upper section, there's like these two little overhang type things that kind of overhang the lower section and there's camera people there all the time like there's at least two people on each one holding one of the big ass over the shoulder cameras saying i gotta make sure we get everything on video here even though they have somebody 10 feet above them 
completely out of the view of everybody else that was doing the exact same thing and just tracking the puck 24 seven as if we, we need three people on the, almost the exact same angle, you know, when trying to catch the puck here, I, I don't understand what they were trying to do there. And the, the, the point is though, is that it got in our way from where we were sitting basically at all points. Like I could not have a clear line from where I was sitting to the net on the far end at any given moment. I was like constantly moving side to side, trying to figure out what, like how I was going to be able to see it. And it sucked to say the least, like that was super unfortunate. And then the other thing, which I kind of touched upon earlier was, I think it's great that they have a large student turnout. You always want to have your students filling up the student section whenever possible, because they're going to be the lifeblood of your atmosphere. That's the way that it goes. Problem is though, if you don't give them the proper space to, you know, exist and be fans and cheer their team on, they're going to seek out other sections of the arena that are unfilled and try and fill those gaps in. When you do that and you only have two entrances on the same side of the arena, you, you, it doesn't matter how much you scream over the intercom. Well, you're not allowed to move to your seats until the play is stopped. If you only have two entrances, and it takes a solid 45 seconds to walk around the rink to get to your seats that are on the opposite side of those entrances, you're going to be walking around in the middle of play, no matter what, unless you expect them to sprint to their seat, holding four diet Cokes and a hot pretzel in their hand. You know, like there's no way that it's going to be feasible. So the, the fans that were constantly walking around the outer edge of the rink, because spoiler alert, me and Cam were on the upper section because we didn't get tickets till the day before. But, and I mean, that, that shouldn't be a, a detriment to the review. If you're any normal hockey fan, you're not going to be getting tickets a week in advance to try and get the lower bowl. Somebody's going to have to fill up those seats. And if you're just the unfortunate person that has to sit in the upper area, you're kind of screwed if you're trying to watch the game in any sort of, you know, viable capacity, because there's going to be people in your way one way or another, whether they're camera people trying to watch the game and get content for their, you know, recording crews or whatever, or if you're just, trying to get to your seat from, again, one of those two entrances at the other side of the arena. Like, it's, it's super unfortunate because at the end of the day, it was, a, it was a damn good game, and I was only able to probably see 70% of it at any given moment because there were just so many obstructions in the way. Yeah, you make some great points. Uh, we don't normally take points off in this extra section, but I think this is definitely an arena that you can do so. You mentioned the lower seats. Um, there's only a few rows, like in some points, it's only like three rows in that lower section. And mm -hmm. at, at its most, it's like five or six. So just about every row in the lower sections is going to be cut off by the glass in some way, whether it's the benches or the penalty box or stuff like that. Then you get to the uppers, which are fine. They have, um, there's a, there, between the uppers and lowers, there's a, like a cross aisle that everybody walks around that, that Evan was touching upon. And there's these like landings on the cross aisle for, um, wheelchair access and those kind of block a lot of the the views from the uppers the uh, camera people stand on some of those which blocks the views as well and in the uppers there's it's not that steep to see over the top so people are walking around like Evan mentioned um, during play they don't have people stop so people are constantly in the way um, it really just makes the sight lines tough and you also touched upon the students they uh um, they will go to find any open seat they can because it doesn't seem like they've allotted enough seats for students. Um, I'm sure they do. It just doesn't seem like it because there's the random like one seat in between friend groups and stuff like that that gets mm. um, that gets wasted. But I think any seat that you're in in this arena, basically, it's just it's tough and not the way 
that you want to watch the game. And I, I wanted to give at least a few points in this category for the, the trophy and the NHL alumni um, things that I touched on before. And the, the branding in this arena is really good too. Um, like, you know, it's Providence's arena just with the colors and the logos everywhere, but given, given all those downsides with the seating, I had to give it a one out of five and, and Evan did as well. It's just, it really detracts from the washing experience. And I, I think without this, um, it would definitely be higher up in terms of um, hockey East arenas, but this, it really just makes it tough to watch a game, which is obviously the most important part. Yeah. Everything that we've discussed prior to the section becomes not as important. If you can't do the one thing that you came here to do is to watch college hockey, you know, like it's, it's really unfortunate because I don't really hate the arena that much. I kind of, the last time I was here was four or five years ago when I was a student and I frankly didn't remember all that much about this arena. So that was kind of why I was excited to come back to kind of get a fresh perspective on it again. And I think it was fine. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't have any major gripes besides, you know, trying to actually watch the game and having people be in your way. But I, I don't know if that can be solved with some sort of like, you know, renovation to like make some sort of alternate entrance and exit. I have no idea. Like, I'm not even sure if this is something that can really be fixed. You know, it's just something that's super unfortunate and I guess can realistically only be rectified by getting seats in lower bowl and praying that it works out. You know, there really isn't a, a an actual fix to this, it seems like. So it really sucks, but I think some of the areas of the review were quite positive. So I think that kind of, you know, they have some things to kind of pat themselves on the back about, you know, about, but. I still think that there are some, a couple of glaring errors that can probably be addressed at some point. Yeah. I guess my, my one piece of advice, if you're going to a game here, uh, if you can get tickets early and buy them in like the last row of the lower section, I think that might be your best bet to having a good time and watching the game here. Yep. So uh, tallying these all up um, out of 40 points, I ended up giving Schneider Arena an 18.5, and Evan gave it a 19.5. So um, it is above Lawler Rink, but that is the second lowest score that either of us have given uh, any arena out of the seven that we've done so far. Yeah, and I mean, it's not really – I don't really think that that's all that bad of a score. Like, I think it's just the fact that, like, I'm looking at our previous scores right now, and – I feel like the ones that we've kind of done reviews on already are pretty legit arenas. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really think that's to say that Schneider was inherently bad. I mean, that does seem like quite a low score in the grand scheme of things, but I just think that a lot of the other arenas were just straight up better. I know that sounds kind of stupid, but like, you know, like we look at, you know, Lowell's arena, you know, the XL center for UConn, which now might not actually be their arena anymore come January. And, you know, like Conti form again, as much as we hate BC, it's an okay arena, you know, it, it, it's fine. That's kind of how I feel about Schneider. It's fine, but it's like slightly below fine. It's like fine minus, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a C minus instead of a C like it, it's, it's okay. You know, you passed, but I, you don't really deserve insane praise in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I can picture this one being um, staying second to last once our hockey East reviews are all said and done i don't think that is too much of a stretch to say um 
but yeah, that's that's what we thought about Schneider Arena. That puts us at six out of eleven Hockey East arenas done already, which is pretty cool. Just uh, four more, and then we'll able we'll be able to review Mullins and put out our final rankings for all of these Hockey East arenas. So uh, yeah, we'll have another one coming up too. Uh, BU Aganis Arena. We're gonna have that one next week around this time. So um, I always enjoy going to that one. Not gonna give too much away, but it should definitely fare better than Schneider Review, in my opinion. But yeah, let us know what you guys think. How we how you think we did rating this one? Um, I think we were. I think I I think we were fair on. I think you think we might be a little bit harsh on this one, but I I think it's a fair score compared to all the other ones. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's fine. You know, I think if if we could make a slogan for Schneider Arena, it would be like Schneider Arena. It's fine. Like that that's <laughs> literally it. Like that that's your slogan. It 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 works. You know, it's it's a functional, decently built arena that is not going to ruin your day when you go to it, but you're not going to be like, "Damn, I want to go back again. This is my favorite place of all time." Like it's not it's not awesome like that. You know, there, there are definitely arenas that we have reviewed so far and we will review in the future that kind of have like a wow factor to them. You know, they, they, it's like, if you're playing Madden, you know, they have an X factor, like there, there's a zone ability in there that just puts it over the top. Schneider doesn't have that, you know, it's, it's okay. So I'm not going to harp, harp upon the, I don't want to say mediocrity because I feel like mediocrity kind of has a negative connotation to it. I feel like, the, just the averageness of Schneider, you know, it's just, it's okay, man. There's, there's no other way to put it. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you've got any closing thoughts, let's hear it. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it's a 50 year old building, 49 years old. So yeah. um, for, for its age, I think it's fine, but uh, I would like to see, I'm not sure if it's coming at any time in the future, but I'd like to see Providence get um, a little bit better arena. I think that team has been solid enough over the years to deserve that. Yeah. All right, so that was our arena review. If you want to check out any of the other ones we did so far, there are six other ones. You can just scroll through our our podcast listings where you're listening right now and go check them out. But uh, like I said, we'll have BU's Aganis Arena next week, and uh, we'll have our um, series preview and series recap even before that for this BU series. So stay tuned for those. Just want to thank you guys for listening again, and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Thank you.